Welcome back to Patch Notes. Uh, a week removed. I was in Maine. Um, everyone else was on uh, even more exotic vacations. Um, uh, John was on an island that he doesn't want to disclose. Yeah. Uh, Liv was uh, in space. Wait, no, I was not on an island. I don't want to disclose. Let's not let's not go there while Epstein's in the fucking news. Um, Why do you think I said it? <sighs> I Liv was actually all right. Clarify. <laughs> I was actually hunting human beings for sport. On this island, I was not on Jeffrey Epstein's plane. <laughs> well, we'll get into that later in the podcast. Um, uh, but no, everyone's back. Uh, Liv is back from space. She survived her trip. Um, many are saying that she is the bravest American. I mm. have to agree. Um, well, let's not yeah. stop there. Uh, oh, well, I mean, <laughs> I thought you'd probably... Uh, I wanted you to say you were the most brave person in the world because uh, then you'll get the e- emails that people are angry. Mm, I would say northern hemisphere at least. I'm not gonna go ahead and say world. Mm. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Pretty woke of you, actually. Um, well, welcome back, everyone. This is uh, this is the news and views podcast of No Cartridge. If you have forgotten in our week absence, um, but we, it's been a while since all three of us have been together, so it's a very exciting time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Although not very exciting for games, uh, particularly. No. <laughs> Um, it's, uh, we've been having these slow weeks ever since E3, and uh, you know it's. it's and I've been looking at other other sites too. They've they've also been no- noting the downturn in news. Um, well, it's good it, for the poor for the poor people who are constantly uh, getting reported on for having a terrible, terrible, um, uh, uh, you know, work conditions. Yeah, um, we don't have to report on them every week. That's good. Yeah. Speaking of slow gaming, Sonic the Hedgehog movie pushed back yet again. Oh no! I mean, didn't I, it get did it get pushed back again? Did because I saw uh, Wario sixty four tweeted that uh, it's back on, back into February again. Oh god! I mean, within today. Yeah, they they changed it back today. <laughs> Is this still a Valentine's Day release? <laughs> well, maybe. Well, it should <laughs> be. It Sonic should be. is for lovers. Yeah, Sonic 2006 proved that. <laughs> yep, February 14th, 2020. It's so funny that, like, literally within a day, they were like, oh, we gotta quash this rumor. <laughs> yeah. So many Halloween babies next year. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think Amy Rose is gonna be in the movie? No. If, if Sonic fucks, he's fucking a human girl. Liv, what do you think? Amy Rose or no? I don't know who that is. That's Sonic's girlfriend. Oh. She's like, uh, what what kind of creature is she? Is she even defined? She's pink. I mean, she's a... She's like... a hedgehog, maybe? No, I don't don't think she's a hedgehog. She doesn't have the the anime hair spines. Um, Well, yeah, uh, but she's a girl. Yeah. Yeah, she's the the mythical creature known as girl. Yeah. Freaking oh, gamers oh. haven't seen one of those ever. The uh, the the source That's for right. <laughs> um, the delay is the Sonic the Hedgehog movie Twitter bio. That's right. And well, that seems right. As Wario sixty four points out, they still haven't updated their header to reflect that it was delayed originally since from November this year. Um, so mm-hmm. who knows what's going on over there? 
Um, I, I do know I will not be seeing it in theaters. Uh, I cannot support this travesty. Um, you gotta gotta make his eyes connected, or or else you're not getting me in the seats. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, interesting. Interesting place to draw the line. Um, well, uh, let's get started talking about the stuff we do have to talk about. Oh, I'll, although I will ask, um, John, I know you aren't, but uh, Liv, are you excited at all about the new travel switch? Uh, it has nothing to do with me. <laughs> That's quite an answer. I don't know her. <laughs> I've never had a um, a mobile gaming thing since uh, the Game Boy Advance SP, which I had literally a single game for. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have never played my Switch not docked, so like it truly has nothing to do with me. <laughs> it's for other people to have an opinion on. <laughs> All right. I mean, it, it, I will, what I will say is that it has not affected my uh, interest in buying a Switch. I don't really see the Switch as a mobile console, um, mainly because I, I don't. I, I drive most places. I don't live in a place with public transportation right now. So if I am out and about, I am either where I'm supposed to be, where I started at, or in transit driving a car. So I don't, I don't have a lot of time to uh, play a tablet on the go. Um, so, so as far as I see the switch, um, for my consumption, it's always going to be as a as a docked. Yeah, platform. and if I wanted to to play gaming in transit, I would just play it in my Tesla. <laughs> On the yeah, and dash. actually, yeah. that's 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 good to say because um, it's important to note our new sponsor Tesla gave uh, Liv a car, <laughs> uh, which is cool. If you think about it, I, is it I wasn't going to say it, models but that yeah. don't explode? Um, no, it does. Okay. Um, uh, just no t- spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> both both and you know it's funny it actually does not have any spoilers either on it um the, the literal <laughs> car thing um but also uh no spoilers as to when it will explode for live uh for for reporting purposes or drive directly into traffic <laughs> well, we'll see how we're feeling um <laughs> but yeah no i i i will say i uh i almost i actually exclusively this is funny because you wouldn't you wouldn't think i would disagree with you on this but i exclusively play uh my switch docked um so i or not i'm sorry not docked i exclusively play it um undocked i exclusively play it as a mobile device um so wow. it's kind of interesting to me i know but it would have been more interesting had I still lived in Chicago. Like that, and then I could have like played it on the L or whatever. Like here, it's, I don't know, like whatever. Um, I'm, so, I, I, I even went, I used to live in New York City uh, and in New Jersey before that, so I'd be on transit into New York City a lot. And I, I still, I just can't see myself having like a $300 piece of electronics that's that big just out and playing it. Like I don't even play on my phone. When I when I was in transit there, it I seems sort of like, like it requ- requires a lot of elbow space yeah. to use the Joy Cons. I can't imagine being on a subway and be like, "I'm going to do this thing that's going to negatively impact the people around yeah. me." And I always talk about like, man spreading. I always feel like I should be paying attention uh, on transit, like just so I'm not like accidentally tripping someone who's getting on or ignoring someone who's having an issue or stuff like that. And that's very old school of you, John. I guess. Uh, I mainly, I guess, I'm just paranoid. I checked I'll, out I'll, constantly on transit. <laughs> Someone could have robbed me like 
a million times. It would have been. One time I left my bag uh, by my seat when I went to the bathroom, and when I came back, the, the uh, conductor yelled at me because he thought it was a bomb. Uh, so uh, <laughs> overzealous conductors. Okay. Well, I then told I then told my student who was a um, survivor of the Boston Marathon bombing um, about it, and uh, she got mad at me and said I should have been yelled at. So oh, okay. Um, in the end, the the conductor probably had the right of it. I guess. Uh, I mean, I once my my experience with this sort of thing is when I worked at the Safeway in high school near my hometown. Uh, well, in my hometown. Uh, and this was right after 9-11, uh, so everybody was on their um, moral Guard. control. Yeah. Uh, I, I'd bike lock my bike behind the behind the Safeway um, just to a, a pole there. Sometimes I leave my backpack there. And, of course, a random good Samaritan, let's call them, uh, for some reason was wandering around the back of the Safeway and called the cops on it, on it because they thought that someone was bombing the back of the Safeway with a bike lock. Um, you know, backpack because that was you know, that was the kind of national mood we were in in 2002 and 2003. It's actually ironic because um, it was a, a, a new fan of the band This Bike is a Pipe Bomb and they just <laughs> misunderstood the name of the band. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, but no, I, I got to have a fun conversation. The only with, podcast uh, ever to reference This Bike is a Pipe Bomb. No cartridge. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I got to have a fun conversation with a cop who, like, condescendingly flicked my Safeway worker name badge like like he was a character in a TV show or something um, like just reached down and right on my hmm. chest um, so I, I wasn't, wasn't a huge fan of that whole interaction uh, but no, yeah, yeah when I'm, whenever I'm on transit I'm always like vaguely paying attention or something and it just feels like if I was gaming during that time I would be you know having to split my attention and I, whatever I'd play I wouldn't really be playing I wouldn't be experiencing the same way I'd be experiencing if I was lounging on the couch uh, playing it on TV alright well uh, it's not for us uh, it's not for the three of us uh, yeah. maybe it's for maybe it's for you and if it is uh, come on tell us maybe you can come on patch notes and tell us why yeah. we're wrong Patch um, notes. Tell us why we're wrong. Yeah, I, I do get the feeling that this <laughs> this mobile thing they're trying to do is somewhat successful, just with people I don't understand. Um, mainly because I mean, I was I was a big uh, Game Boy player. I was a big uh, Game Boy Color player, Advance player, whatever. But that all coincided with me not being able to drive, so I was sitting in the car. Um, all the time playing that and you know and I own a 3DS and I owned a Vita and I did I played very little of those once because I was old enough at that point where I was responsible for my transit at that point and uh hmm so it's well, up to AOC to convince us to get this new switch yes. AOC where you at come that's, on yeah. that should be that should rocket where the, the trains the priorities. where are the trains at where are the trains at AOC <laughs> um now on to our next political topic. Um, where Where's the plane? Where's the plane? Um, guys remember that when everyone was wondering where the plane was? Uh, yes, uh, it was in the ocean, if I recall correctly. My in-laws wonder where the plane was. Um, anyway, uh, let's talk about video games. Uh, you want to talk about... Oh, actually, Liv, can we talk about Overwatch? I feel like I feel like this is the running joke, but Overwatch has news. And uh, not all of it's good, but some of it's good. Um, can you tell us about the new character in Overwatch? I feel like you are able to tell us the most because um, you are in a position where you can actually uh, tell us about what his um, 
role is in the game. Yeah. Hypothetically, he's well, not released yeah. yet. But yeah. As far as we know, like, so far, all we know is, like, he's a new tank hero. Tank hero named Sigma, who um, looks to be, like, a high-skill tank hero, which is um, interesting. But kind of the mythology around this hero so far is that he was an astrophysicist who has been driven mad by the power of gravity by just who, who among us is not thinking a... about gravity um thought too hard and now he's crazy yeah the old story so that's kind of like all we really know so far but okay. the news is uh the news was that he is barefoot which i think all of us are willing to admit is very exciting yeah, well, um Got yeah. A guy in Overwatch now. Everyone was wondering what's the fuck angle, and the, and the fuck angle is he's a feet guy. Yeah, we I don't mean, know if he likes feet, but we know he likes his tootsies. Yeah, um, <laughs> he's barefoot, and that's fine. It's and legal, that's legal, and there's no reason to <laughs> is legal. persecute him for that. But uh, Liv, that's absolutely right. <laughs> the reason that this is like news beyond Overwatch, like people who already followed Overwatch, I guess, was that an, uh, a single artist gave this explanation um, that the reason he was barefoot, different artists gave different reasons, but a single artist gave this reason that it was supposed to look like he, uh, or drawn from the inspiration that he was a mental institution patient and that that he believed that people in mental institutions could not wear shoes with laces, and so that's why he was barefoot. Everyone else who has spoken on why he's barefoot did not give this explanation, uh, but I think that that's worrying that someone uh, someone thinks would decide that to go on the record and say that's why they that he's barefoot is I, because he's yeah, mentally ill. I was I was shocked. I will say, like I was truly, and like I. I couldn't explain, like, why I was shocked. Because when I heard, like, someone was like, oh, the barefoot thing's because of the, uh, to, to lend itself to the, what was the actual, what was the actual thing he said? The he said asylum. asylum I was like, I don't really know what that means, but I have an expectation of what they're going to say, and I don't think it'll be good. I think I won't like it, but, like, I think it's, I think I know what they're going to say. And it was much worse. Like, it was really bad. It was so bad. Like it, it was. It's ugh. funny because they, they didn't have to do it. Like the, the everyone was just fine with him being barefoot, and they're making feet guy jokes. And then you had to go out and uh, drop this as the reason. <laughs> like yeah. you were in the clear. Like each one of these heroes always gets a, a firestorm of some sort uh, because everyone wants you know their particular. Uh, a lot of people in and this has to go with any fandom that is sufficiently activated. They want their particular. Uh, aesthetic desires catered to but frankly you know after people got over the fact that he was another white guy they were more or less fine with him Mm -hmm. and then the mental health stuff had to come out yeah Yeah. Uh, it's very strange other people that were asked about this gave the perfectly good reason that he floats so he doesn't need shoes which is a totally fine aesthetic decision and it was like interesting that he didn't wear shoes like there really didn't need to be a reason um, no, <laughs> and the reason that he floats is definitely good enough for me. Um, uh, uh, and I'm so I have around. questions. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at his design right now, and there's, there's, I guess there's some, uh, with some of the bagginess, I guess you could sort of interpret it as like a prison jumpsuit or a, a straight jacket that hasn't been tied or something, but there doesn't seem to be much straight jacket influence on there. And lack of shoes being your, your big mental health uh, asylum touchstone? Very well, strange. This, yeah, there's another thing that someone said that the, like loop things around his feet were meant to look somewhat like uh, like Restraints? ankle bracelets like, uh, yeah okay. like uh, I can sort of see what that. are handcuffs for your ankles called he's, ankle got, cuffs. he's, he's got these bracelets on his on his wrists too which look more like they're for power regulation than you know their manacles but I, I guess I can sort of see that I just yeah, I, I don't understand I, why they had to take something good from us like yeah, it's, we it's deserved a, a barefoot hero without being shamed. Well, I mean, he should be shamed, but all in good fun, just not without this problematic stuff. Um, do you think? Do you think they're finally going to do the thing where, uh, like, that all the horny people uh, who love the game, um, whoever they are, um, n- not me, uh, and my monitor's turned on, and uh-huh. um, I'm not looking in a mirror. Um, do you think they're gonna just like give everyone um give everyone like shoe taking off uh um animations now just no, to like it's... just to kind of like get get beyond it if you if you look at how much work has to go into that and modeling work has to go into that like anytime you want to do stuff with the hands or the feet you're running into just from a workload perspective a whole lot of moving parts that don't look really good unless you do a lot of work on the animations as well so mm. I don't mm. think like uh, just to say just as a, a work versus reward thing, I think they will leave all the feet guy stuff outside of just having Sigma barefoot to the uh, the intrepid third party market, uh, hmm. very large third party market regarding this game. Liv, are you, do you do you agree? Do you think they're not going to include feet emotes? I do not believe that the team uh, intends to employ feet emotes. Hmm. I mean, My feet's emote whenever I see the heroes, and that's enough for me. They did have that that one emote of like um, the widow lady, widow maker, I guess. Uh, widow uh, lady stomping on 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 the prone player at one point. Uh, I believe that was in the game. I, I remember seeing gifs of it on Twitter. Oh, it's in the game, yeah. yeah. So to me, I love my favorite character in the game, Widow Lady. <laughs> that, yeah. I like the widowed character. <laughs> is is she, is she widow? I thought no, she's widow maker. She makes right, widows. but isn't she? Isn't her husband also dead or something? Yes, she's both a widow and a widow See? maker. Is that right? She's widow maker a widow? and widow maid. I didn't realize that. I just thought she made widows. I, I, it's sort of. I, I guess she, she can't provide for others without providing for herself first. Um... But yeah, I I, I feel like uh, there are definitely new depths of horniness that they can go to. Like um, a lot of the Japanese companies and how they handle their IP can can certainly sh- show Blizzard the way if they want to. Uh, but I, I get the feeling that they still don't want the IP to go to straight up porn territory at this point. So uh, well, yeah, I, and there's I, I mean there's a ton of, of risk there. Uh, yeah, for sure. Well, um, Liv, are you looking forward to playing a Sigma? Yeah, yeah, I'll um, I'll absolutely play him. Are you <laughs> planning on joining the Shanghai Dragons as Sigma? 
Uh, the Shanghai Dragons whip now, so I don't think that they will be. I wasn't making me. a joke. I just think they're cool. They are cool. <laughs> I was. I wasn't trying to be mean. I think they're 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 a neat team, and I I I stand them. I think it's interesting that you decided to put me on the team with the only other woman in the league. But I, you know, I'm not. I'm not gonna. Oh no! <laughs> now it's you who have the issue, Trev. Oh no! <laughs> um, I'm in. Tra- I've, I've been canceled. Team Rockets canceled again. Um, all right. Well, uh, what next thing do you guys want to talk about? What, what do you pick the next topic? Who are you talking to? <laughs> 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 All right, I'll do it. Um, okay, so um, anti-addiction. Um, this is very interesting. Uh, so it looks like, according to Polygon's uh, Polygon author Julia Lee, um, Chinese League of Legends uh, got a built-in anti-addiction tool where uh, you are logged off um, if you uh, if you spend more than two hours per day playing. Um, for, which just for, for minors. Which I'm, I'm, I'm shuffling all my cards here. I'm gamer Jay Leno, and I'm saying which <laughs> for a MOBA is uh, one like quarter of a game. Okay. One <laughs> quarter of a game, folks. <laughs> Ooh. Um, no, but truly, you couldn't like even count on. Right? Yeah, you couldn't even count on it being two games, yeah. especially no. in league. No, not at all. Um, but that's one game and looking at the menus. <laughs> we love looking at the menus here. Uh, so this is interesting, right? Like it. So let me let me ask this, and I'll I'll ask the question to both of you. Um, do you think it's something that needs to happen in gaming to have these anti-addiction things uh, crop up? Do you think this is like a needed uh, use of energy? No, for minors, yes. Well, for minors, I mean, it's <laughs> it, it's it's. I guess my my issue with it is it's less a concept of need and more that China. Uh, engages in very active social engineering with its population. Now, careful. We are stern uh, Z, uh, uh, we are, we are Z stern Z thought. Yeah, Xi Jinping thought here. So, um, be careful. Right. Um, and, you know, there's different thoughts on that. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not sure. I, if this is only for minors, um, you know, I, I'm generally fine with it. It's a question of whether you'd want it uh, built in is a question of whether you want the government making those decisions. Um, and generally speaking, I am probably more in favor of the government making decisions like that than most Americans are. Um, mm-hmm. And this is far from like the most sinister or intrusive thing the Chinese government has done with their uh, various social engineering programs. Um, in the larger context of discussion about games addiction, because there's there's this is has to be separated from the the whole di- uh, classification of games addiction as a clinical disorder, which is also going on through various uh, international medical programs. That's not what this is about. This is about you know what the Chinese government wants young citizens doing. Okay. Um, so it, I, I I very much you know you, you can give the the explanation that it's uh, that it's a mental health disorder and all that stuff. But even before the WHO did that, China was already tightening this stuff up because China isn't looking at it as like a health concern. They're looking at it as a, as a social concern. Hmm. Um, so, you know, it, it, what, what your thoughts are on this are 
probably going to mirror what your thoughts are on the Chinese government's approach to begin with. Uh, it seems very heavy-handed at times. This doesn't seem like it. This seems like uh, you know far, pretty far down the list of things to be really concerned about with regards to how they behave, uh, how the government behaves over there. Um, so I, I don't really have a problem with it from uh, either an ideological perspective or a you know a you know, creeping health perspective or anything. Uh, but I do think you know like anything that. Uh, they're doing over there. It, it, it's interesting to watch and see because just because it's so different from how we think about how our government is able to influence uh, citizen behavior. Definitely. Um, well, let me ask you, Liv, um, that is like a different question then. Um, what do you, I mean, do you, would you like to see this, would you like to see this crop up more in uh, American thinking? I mean, is this something that you would like to see say this is this something that you'd like to see like more actively encouraged um in an american context yeah but um i'm not sure i mean like wow does this already in the u.s that for if you're a minor that you can set like parental limits or whatever on how much time you can play at a day and there's other stuff like that like um parental limits you can set on tvs and whatever else but maybe just like a general design idea that um, dissuades people from playing for long lengths of time. Um, mm -hmm. Stuff that, I mean, my frame of reference really is usually WoW. Um, but like that they give you a bonus for having like rested experience and WoW or just like things that, that benefit you if you spend time away from the game. Um, as opposed to the normal thing, which is things that punish you if you spend time away from the game. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, like, obviously WoW does that, too. It's a very... You can't do well if you spend time away from the game. But, like, there's some things that are better if you spend time away from the game. <laughs> but just, like, I don't know. I, I have strong worries about the amount of screen time that kids get and the lack of being able to contextualize the things that you see on a computer with real life and it just gets worse every year and I don't mean that as like a cranky old adult it's just like that's the truth um, that kids are less and less able to contextualize things because they're spending less and less time um, off the screens yeah actually I've been I've been using Tilly as an experiment with this and she actually can't understand um if something doesn't have a touch screen, like a, a flower or a, her playset, um, now she can't understand it. Uh, it, it I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I'm not actually using her that way. The Tilly um, experiment is ongoing. <laughs> but I agree with you, Liv. Um, I actually, I actually completely agree. If that sounded arch, it was not because, like, it is, it is something that kids are warned about screen time all the time, um, especially kids with developing brains, which every kid is, but particularly young kids, uh, very young. Um, you know that that warning tends to just be, you know, shrugged off, and I think it is really important to limit screen time. And it is helpful as a parent, I will say, to have um, an exterior force. You can say like, "Well, I guess that's not it," because you can't argue with like the internet shutting you off in the same way you can argue with your parents. So, yeah. I mean, 
it, you know, it might, it might be a good thing. We'll, yeah. we'll just have to see. I I am with John in thinking that it is very unlikely for it to um, come to America's shores anytime, particularly soon. But um, we shall see. Yeah, I mean yeah. the reason the reason I think it won't be here is because there's a very very big difference between a parent whitelisting uh, their child out of access to a game and the game itself kicking you out after two hours. Period. No discussion. Um, and the discussion about that over here isn't is it might be framed around freedom for parenting, you know, the freedom to be a bad parent and let your child play six hours of a game. But what it actually would be is a business concern. These games want these children to play as much as possible. And it's good for them when they're on their, you know, being able to interact with the cash store as much as they can. Especially once they hit that curve, part of the curve, the daily curve, where the the rewards start going down, and you start having <laughs> to pay more right. money in the cash store to get the, the the same hit of dopamine you got before with the character advancement and numbers going up. So I mean, they can put the the parental controls in there all they want to co- to comply with industry regulations, not government regulations, but industry regulations because we let the industry do all this shit now. Um, you know, to comply with industry regulations and comply with, um, you know, what they think uh, looks good for a PR concern. But they know that most parents, and especially the parents of the children that are most at risk for these problems, aren't going to use the parental controls. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if this was put in place by the government, if the government came in and said, all right, you need to turn these children's accounts off after two hours and every 24-hour period, uh, there would be a much larger discussion and blowback than there would be for just you know having child locks uh, that the parents themselves can engage. Yep, I agree. Um, okay, so I'm going to ask uh, our resident cat lover, Liv, we haven't talked about your cats on the show. How are your cats doing? My cats are doing fabulous. I thank you for asking. Of course, they're 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 basically part of the no cartridge family, as I understand it. Um, they are wonderful. We love we love Rowan and Daisy. They are they are beautiful kittens, and we. Um, I mean, what what else can I say? But we stand two legends. What else can you say? I don't what know. else can I say? Um, so I'm going to ask you. Uh, there's this controversy about a popular streamer named Alinity. Now, Alinity did two things. Um, The one thing she did that was I think everyone will just agree it was unaccountably bad. Um, The the thing she did that was unaccountably bad was she gave her cat vodka on stream. Now, that's not good, and certainly I think that is something that uh, justifies people's um, anger with her. Um is there is a there's a um clip going around of her taking her cat off of her lap because i guess the cat was bugging her and tossing it back over the chair uh and people are saying she should be banned from twitch from this what's your opinion on this and in a larger (laughs) sense what's your opinion on using pets as uh props in these things um i'm glad i am so glad you asked i've had so many thoughts um really or no no for real and i was like "Ah, i'm not gonna i'm not gonna post about it i don't don't need to post um (laughs) yeah obviously the vodka thing that's that's poisoning that's bad but like the people that were calling her throwing her cat animal abuse seems seems like a stretch um i thought so too and then i got like people (laughs) yelled at me for that i was like guys i don't know like i like you mentioned 
That's what you do to cats. <laughs> animals that people keep as pets on Twitter, and you are going to get all kinds of madness in your replies. Well, um, yeah, my thing is like this cat is being thrown from. This cat is already in the process of moving. This isn't a cat that's being uh, <laughs> sought out to be thrown. This is a cat that's jumping up in her lap and she's throwing it back over her chair. Like she probably could have done it more gently, but cats. This was like max three four feet off the ground like cats jump that no problem like that's what cats do cats jump and they land on their feet it's not like this right. cat's in any way going to be hurt by this like it could have been done more gently but like uh, it's not abuse it's a it's a cat you don't and understand it's like... that's what cats look like when they're traumatized <laughs> that was beautiful. Uh, and i i just feel i mean like seeing this being called abuse and it's like obviously I have different opinions on animal welfare than most people and it's like I don't know like if you eat meat and think a cat being thrown three feet off the ground is abuse I truly I don't know what to say I <laughs> no, that's a, that's a very good point I mean like if, if, if that's where you're if you're drawing the line at that but also still eat meat then uh, yeah that doesn't make a ton of sense yeah, let's let's ban people who eat meat from Twitch. I'm ready to ascend to my throne. You're going to be so popular when they ban everyone who eats meat. <laughs> I I mean I'm on the outside looking in here because I don't follow the streamer. I don't follow much streamer news outside of what we talk about on here. Uh, but all uh, my main reaction to these tweets is, oh, this is all an in incredibly bad faith um, mm. because all of these uh, tweets yeah. are tying this act of abuse and we can reasonable people can disagree over whether or not this is abuse but the reason these people are t like lance faltinsky are talking about it at all and i have no idea who the city it is um <laughs> or ian miles chong oh yeah. yeah 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 the reason these people are talking about it is because they want to get her her source of income taken away they want to get her fire uh her, her twitch partner status revoked I mean, that's why they're doing it. They're they're explicit that this is why they're doing it. That's part of every, all the tweets they make about why they're doing it. Like it's it's hard to take the side of the animal welfare activists when they all seem to be alt right douchebags. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I it, don't really. It that's seems like reasonable. she's uh, done worse things that received minimal to no criticism, especially on this level. This seems like the least bad things of the bad things that she has done. I mean, uh, Keemstar is part of the the crowd calling for her head. Fuck that guy. Fuck these people. Like, uh, I mean, you can you can tell if you pay attention to this stuff. You can tell when the source of an outrage spiral is not acting in good faith. There's stuff that's worth being outraged over. I can accept that people who love cats a lot more than say I do um, could be very, very, very legitimately outraged about this toss where the cat obviously landed on its feet and was just fine the vodka thing looks and sounds stupid um and that sounds like legitimate abuse but you know you you have to actually look at what these people are saying when they're going and when uh, you know when the incredible ant-man is one of the guys <laughs> stirring up the the controversy and he's like tagging twitch support and PETA in his tweets i mean <laughs> at some point you can't just go along with these guys mm-hmm yeah, I tend to agree. I think, like, I think, you know, your point actually speaks to the the overarching, like, um, ecosystem of uh, gaming uh, 
I guess gaming outrage or gamer outrage in that it is often mobilized uh, very very cynically by people who um, think they can uh, you know control quote unquote outrage culture um, such that like they can get their own ends met. Um, I also think like even if you even if like I I, I think I just I I agree with both of you and like the the way I I'll add on uh, or I'll I'll echo what Liv was saying. I, like I've thrown my cats before like this not thrown them but like you pick them up off the counter and you go hey get out of here and you have to like shoo them off the counter they sprint and jump i mean it's not it it feels very much like a mountain out of a molehill based on something that you know based on sort of uh, uh a uh, confirmation bias off of something that happened and we all agree was bad and she agreed was bad and apologized for you know they if this was what they were canceling her over. I would be much more willing to get on board. This thing seems to me like a tempest in a teapot. Oh well, yeah, and I'm looking at the BuzzFeed news article, and oh, it turns out that she's gotten into it with PewDiePie before, everyone's favorite Nazi. So mm-hmm. you know, it, it's divorcing this from that context doesn't seem like the smart thing to do. This isn't about the cat. They don't give a shit about the cat. Uh, this is about prosecuting a fight they're already having. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, um, great. Uh, these are like the quickest endings to any of the any of the topics. We've <laughs> I mean, ever there's not about. a lot of moral ambiguity here. I mean, the China thing, kinda, uh, but you know, Sigma should be able to uh, live his best life. Um, uh, the the Switch streamer shouldn't have thrown her cap, but everybody coming after her is uh, to the right of Ronald Reagan. Um, and you know, this we're, country's we're just, most we're prominent just, leftist. We're just clicking through it. Yeah. So. Um, Liv, explain you. Uh, you were talking about this. Explain the um, the Steam VR Tetris effect thing. Oh, I I don't know that I can explain this. Um, <laughs> but, uh oh. Um, oh, is this another epic? This is another epic store thing. Uh, everyone's favorite villain is back. So here's how I understand it. <laughs> uh, the epic store has gained... Uh, so this is in Eurogamer, Robert Purchase. Um, Epic Store... Epic Games has exclusive rights to Tetris Effect when um, when it's uh, coming to PC, uh, which I guess it did yesterday, which is cool. Um, great game. Very cool. Very neat. Um, was a PlayStation exclusive, as I recall, or at least like a console exclusive, and now it's on PC. Um, it does also have VR... But you need to have Steam VR open. Um, so <laughs> this is just a great headline. You can you can open it in Epic Games and buy it via Epic Games, but you need then to open Steam in order to play the VR version of the game that you have on Epic. Yeah, because <laughs> mm-hmm. Steam controls the because Steam's whole thing is that they don't want to just be a store; they're a platform. Uh-huh. Uh, they provide you know Steam VR is a is a VR platform, so it is entirely possible to have a game in another store front that you bought run using the architecture off Steam. Um, and, and you know this is how Steam cornered their entire market uh, and makes billions of dollars. Uh, it's just funny to see that Epic's attempt to um, fight back by buying another exclusive uh, st- still requires you to go back to Steam to uh, to make it work for one of its uh, 
more well-liked features. I, I want to say the people the people who I've heard have played uh, Tetris Effect in VR really really say that's very good. I, so, like, let me ask let me ask you, Liv, what do you think about this? Like, the way that Steam and the Epic Games Store have sort of like become not only like a an avenue towards gaming, but have it in fact become like part and parcel in some ways uh, with gaming? Like, how do you, like, what do you think about this? Does this bug you at all? Is this anything you think about ever? Um, it's not something that comes into my mind a lot, but I'm starting to wonder if it should be. I truly never think about it. I don't, I feel like I never use Steam anymore. Like, I never use any of these things anymore. I, it's just not the games that really appeal to me that are on them. I don't, hmm. I don't know. I don't. John, do I don't you think have, it's good. You, you don't think it's good? <laughs> I don't think it's good that... Uh, I don't know. You like it is what you're saying. You think it's really good. I think it's cool. <laughs> I, think, I think it's neat. I don't think I have an educated opinion on this, except for that I don't think that any of these uh, companies have gamers or game developers in mind. So, I, you know, like it's... Are you saying that Steam doesn't have gamers' best interest in mind? <laughs> I will Shocking. go on the record saying that this is a uh-huh. pro gamer podcast. Our politics uh, are simple. We are pro gamer. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I think that's I, that makes sense to me. I, John, do you do you have any concerns over this? I know, like, I mean, we're just talking about creeping privacy laws in mm-hmm. uh, in China, so I'm assuming you have some sort of opinion on this. Um, I mean, no. it sounds it sounds like I am actually like uh, like a, a Z head, and I'm like I'm I'm trying to trap you. I, really, I'm not. I, I don't. I mean, I'm not sure if privacy laws really have much to do with it. It's a um, it's a question of who owns the marketplace. Um, Epic wants to own the marketplace. Wants to own a bigger share of the marketplace. Steam has. I mean, get, has anyone ever thought about what's going to happen when Steam goes away? Because Steam is eventually going to go away. Nothing lasts forever. Mm-hmm. Um, it may outlive us. I mean, m- plenty of successful companies have lasted 100 plus years. Um, but eventually Steam will go away, and that's your entire gaming library gone. Um, because So they are more than, you know, just a, a storefront. They're a, they're a huge, integral part of the industry yes. uh, in a way that Epic Games is not. Um, Epic Games is still mostly... I mean, Epic Games is a huge part of the industry, but that's mostly because uh, of the engine, the game engines they own, the stuff they do on the other side, the, the, and the development in the back end, and, of course, how successful Fortnite is. They're not as huge a part of the, the transactional merchant marketplace that Steam is. And you're, you're probably going to see more of... Especially if VR picks up, and I'm not sure how... I'm not sure what VR's path to being widely distributed and widely played is because it requires a whole lot of space. It requires a whole lot of money. It um, it's you know, it requires uh, entirely different development environments. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the most part, when you see big titles coming to VR, it's because it's a a part of the revenue stream tail. Like you say, after Wolfenstein Two gets done, then a team comes in and turn and ports that or something like that. Right. Um, you, you don't see dedicated VR titles because even though outside of a couple things like that kayak shooting game which sounds very interesting uh, was demonstrated at E3 you go around you're sneaking around in a kayak uh, because the world of course is flooded after global warming and you've got like a sniper rifle and a silenced pistol and everybody in the game that you can kill is visible and shootable from your kayak 
Uh, so you have to hmm. like pick up the rifle, shoot them, put it down, start paddling again. It, it sounds pretty neat. But outside of gimmick games like that, uh, you're not seeing you know AAA titles starting their life in VR right now, um, or at least not without a non-VR um, version for the rest of the market. And uh, and you know so if VR does take off, I can see Steam cornering the market on providing the architecture to interface between the game on your PC and your VR headset, becoming a huge part of them, you know, continuing to twist this knife in Epic side. But I don't really have the belief that VR is going to become that big because I think the game industry is going to crash pretty soon. And I think that when it does crash, VR is going to be one of the first things to go as a pie in the sky, doesn't bring in revenue, our, our, our consumer base doesn't have the money to spend on it because of all the other economic conditions going on in the West right now. Um, so I, I have a feeling this this illustrates one of Steam's institutional advantages over Epic, but I don't think it's ever it's going to turn into a thing that long-term Epic is going to have to care about because there's going to be much, much bigger problems for the industry coming. Now, uh, of course, John, uh, John's colorful uh, opinions on the future of gaming do not represent the rest of No Cartridge, and we'd be <laughs> glad to accept any and all sponsors from the gaming industry who want to give us lots of money to tell everyone that everything's fine and nothing bad is going to happen. Hey, they should think about it this way. They need to get people, get money while the getting's good. So, yeah, we'll shill I for whatever you want. I hope listening to <laughs> me and Liv's uh, breakout podcast, uh, What's happening in the immortal world of gaming today? Um, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be good. It's going to be all happy. Um, and mainly the thesis we're going to have at the end of the show, Liv and I are going to have a question where I ask Liv, does she think gaming will ever crash? And she always says no. You'll continue this like three months into the crash. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, not three months in, three years <laughs> in. <laughs> Nothing's wrong. Um... Uh, do you want to talk? Uh, this is something you added while patch notes was yeah. going on. This is new. Um, do you want to talk about loot boxes? Yeah, <laughs> loot boxes are back. So uh, the I UK read this Gambling Commission has uh, ruled that I believe it's specifically that yeah, the FIFA loot boxes don't count as gambling. They count as surprise mechanics. Yeah, I like surprise mechanics. I mean, it's it, it, let's let's be honest. This is gambling. Loot boxes are gambling. You're paying a, cert, a set amount of money for a randomized chance outcome. There is, yeah, and with rewards that will exceed the cost of the the value of what of the money to, that you put in, this is gambling. Um, this is what we generally understand gambling to be. It is what happens at a casino, just with chips, with something a little bit different than the chips you get that you then go turn into money. Um, the gambling commission ruled that it wasn't gambling while saying they had significant concerns, which sounds like a we know it's gambling, but we've gotten pressured to. Uh, to let this go type thing. And, and FIFA is the biggest video game in the world. Uh, it bears the license of the biggest, most corrupt private organization in the world, arguably. Um, so I'm not particularly surprised by this ruling. I suspect rulings like it will follow. Um, I, I suspect that if it ever comes up in a serious way from uh, in, in America, from I mean, we, we, we heard a couple weeks ago, a month or two ago, from uh, Senator Josh Hawley, who is uh, back in the news this this week? Currently, or, very angry at leftists. Yeah, he's well. He's talking about rootless cosmopolitans um, this week. So once he's done with um, 
slurring Jewish people, will I'm sure he'll get back to loot boxes at some point. Um, but I don't I don't see that there actually being any discipline for this mode of of, of um, gambling or downloadable content or you know cash shop value add whatever you want to call it. Uh, the only time I could see it be being an issue is if other gambling industry organizations look at it and start to say these people are taking our money without giving us a cut. If that starts happening, if if the other private organizations that have sprung up to regulate to sort of industry regulate gambling, and we're talking like the sports betters and all those people, mm-hmm. if those people start seeing a problem with it, then I I could see some traction getting on this issue, but government bodies in the West aren't going to do much about this. Let me ask you, I mean, so Liv, this is something that I've always, I, so let me first say, I completely agree, John. I think you're absolutely right. Um, and I think the the general feel about loot boxes for me is that it will continue to be some sort of issue that senators bring up if they want to like spur on some sort of imaginary gamer vote. Um, and then uh, then they will drop it like a hot uh, hot potato because actually understanding the mechanics of loot boxes is not something I think senators generally think they have time for. Um, Liv, I'm wondering, so like this is something um, we've talked about because I got obsessed in, uh, in Overwatch with trying to get a particular skin during the Halloween event. Um, and uh, I, I definitely got some loot boxes as a result. Um, how do you feel about like about so specifically Overwatch's version of loot boxes, which I feel is in like a lot of ways the best way you can do it, which is that you earn them fairly frequently. Um, there's a high amount of them in the game. It's not like it's hard to get a loot box. Um, how do you feel about loot boxes in Overwatch? Like, do you feel like it it is ever something that takes you out of the game? Do you feel like it's something that they should cut back on? Um, how do you how do you feel about this? Because I know you're you're our you're our podcast resident like uh, Overwatch player, and I think they're one of the one of the places that this issue has most shown up. Uh, yeah, I feel like we've talked about loot boxes uh, almost every week. Yeah, yeah, they, they are constantly in the news. I don't know that I really have like any new feelings on them besides like they're obviously very upsetting to people. Uh, I don't I don't get it but I don't have a gambling addiction so it's like I don't and I'm not prone to I don't know like let I, me just I, be the first to say I'm glad you don't have a gambling yeah. addiction <laughs> but I mean like I think that that's really the only way that these would be problematic um, mm-hmm. is if that you're already like prone to a, addiction or gambling or you know like behaving in self-destructive ways because like they're not loot boxes that you're tempted by except for the fact that they like offer these things that are a low drop chance they don't offer anything in the game for you like there's no they're, they're just a cosmetic loot box and you get them for free anyway yeah no exactly and and they're not like they're not particularly expensive it would be very difficult to go into debt in the way that like people have while playing FIFA or whatever like it would be difficult to spend like $3000 on yeah. Overwatch yeah. loot I believe FIFA's loot boxes sorry their player packs do all actually offer you in some cases mechanical advantages um, mm. through them um, I I believe EA state uh, we we should get EA statement on this on the record actually the exact wording which was um, that their implementation of the surprise mechanics quote unquote 
uh, quote, is actually quite ethical and quite fun, quite enjoyable to people. That, that, was, that was their case they made to the Gambling Commission, and it appears the Gambling Commission has agreed with them. Um, it's definitely something a human being would say, I think. Oh, yeah, I mean, everyone, right. the joke was everyone thought of uh, <laughs> Professor Genki from Saints Row with his uh, ethical uh, deathmatch course. Uh, <laughs> super ethical something or other. Um, but, yeah, no, the... Uh, the Gambling Commission's uh, conclusion was it, it technically complied with the letter of the law, but they don't like it. I think we're going to be hearing a lot more of that. Um, the problem, of course, is that this is so lucrative because they do chase the people with the problems or the kids with the credit cards. Uh, basically, right. all revenues at this point, all post-launch revenues, all revenues that aren't you know the amount of money you pay to get in the door with the with the uh, software itself. Uh, relies on uh, a distribution where a lot or very few people are spending a lot of money, and then a lot of people are spending spending very little money to help make up the other fifty percent of the revenue. Uh, and I don't see that changing until uh, industry conditions change, uh, regardless of how many Which times they won't. Yeah, remember, <laughs> regardless of how many times you know f uh, EA gets dragged in front of the gambling commission as if the gambling commission is going to have a, any ability to interfere with commerce at that scale. They just won't mm -hmm. be permitted to. Even if even if they said, oh, it violates the law, the conservative government in England would change the law. I mean, that's just how it would work. Um, right. So, so I, I don't really... I, uh, what, whatever the solution to this is going to be, it's not going to be found in uh, these sort of vestigial regulatory body limbs. Even even in the EU, where those limb, vestigial organs have some power. Um, you know, I, I just don't see it really impacting the way that these companies do business. Okay. Well, uh, I think it's time to get to games we've been playing. Games. So, um... We need a transition. A we need a transition. And I, I proposed at least, like, the, the, uh, the, the insert we do before you find that the musical bar just be me saying games. That's a good idea. Yeah. I think also we could just, like, we could come up... I could come up with a transi uh, transition every week, I could say. Um... Speaking of fun things we found in boxes, um, <laughs> it's like, you know how you used to buy games in boxes? Yeah. That's, uh -huh. The audience is going to have to be familiar with that. Yeah. All right, Julian. Luckily, all, let's, of our, let's... <laughs> all of our listeners are over 30. I thought you were calling me Julian in a really sarcastic way, like, okay, Julian. I was like, no. we like Julian, don't we? I, no, I think Julian's got something better in store for us as this transition than your uh, box joke. I sure hope so, but um, we'll have to see. <laughs> uh, it'll depend on whether or not I get him his paycheck on time. Um, and, you know, for my sake, I hope I do. Uh, no, I always do. Julian, thank you for all of your excellent work. Um, Please don't delete the master file. Please don't delete the map. He can't. It's on. It's on. Don't. It's on. Ca it's on cast. Uh. The great. The great service we use. Um. So, uh, uh, Liv, what have you been playing? Oh wow! It's been so long since we've done one of these. I know. Isn't it fun? Um, I've been playing Overwatch. Uh, <laughs> that's really not what I've mostly been playing. Um, but though I have been playing a little bit during the summer event. But I like no to imagine that, like you, you like. You didn't touch Overwatch uh, while we were while we hadn't recorded, and then like this is you coming back to it after like a super long hiatus. It is like, oh, Overwatch. <laughs> I'm, I'm back into it. It truly <laughs> is. Uh, the I mean, obviously, the entire time my boyfriend was here, I didn't play Overwatch at all, and it's like that's kind of 
one of the games that we play together. You didn't do couch co-op? We did not. We, we did couch co-op Mario Kart. We did couch co-op past the controller back and forth. Beautiful Joe. We, oh, we went to a barcade in Nashville. That was, uh, that was the best barcade I've ever been to. What? Cause like you don't pay any cover and all the games are free. What was it called? Because Whoa. I've heard that the barcade in Brooklyn is literally suing any store or any, it, uh, establishment like that across the country that uses the word barcade because they claim that they have sole proprietary ownership of it. <laughs> it's called HQ Beercade. No, yeah, yep. I'm betting. Okay, I'm betting go. they got a, a strongly worded letter from that 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 place's. Well, it's called a beercade, not yeah. a barcade. I, I'm actually, you know, like honestly, I like beercade more. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Um. Well, that sounds great. That's a. Uh, that sounds really cool. Um. Yeah, did you? Did you guys do well in Beautiful Joe? Beautiful Joe is one of my uh, favorite visual treats of a game. Um, we did okay. Uh, I'm it's a hard pretty game. sure. I'm pretty sure my boyfriend's played it before, but it is a hard game. It's not. Uh, it's not very flexible. It's like you are set back very far if you lose your lives. <laughs> um, it's so, not a nice game to you. No, <laughs> that's a deep cut. Yeah. That was like one of Platinum's first big hits, wasn't it? Was that Platinum? It, somehow related to Platinum. It might have um, just been the guy who like, would, went on to run Platinum Games was behind it. Yeah, I think yeah, it was Kamiya a may have... Kamiya. Oh, it was Kamiya. Kamiya. Uh, okay. Clover Studio was the one that actually made it. Yeah. Um, but it makes sense. Like, it's so good. It's so good, but it isn't very forgiving at all. I'm looking forward to finishing it, though. And then otherwise, I've just been uh, playing Grain of Games on Edge. How any any good ones on there? Anything that you have enjoyed? Um, I don't think anything sticks out more than others. I've been playing more like visual novels, just because I'm interested in the genre and like maybe things that I've missed. The last one I remember playing is called uh, I think it's called. Let me double check real quick because I don't want to say wrong. Um. Hmm. It's called One Night Hot Springs, and it's you play as like a young transgender woman who's going mm. to the hot springs for in Japan for her friend's birthday party, and is kind of just navigating what you're feeling, like what she feels comfortable with, mm. and uh, navigating like having to be in baths with. Um, like her friends and just like what she feels comfortable with versus like what she thinks the other people at the springs will be comfortable with. And I believe the, I don't know. I don't know if the developer is trans or not. That would probably be the next thing to check. Um, but hmm. yeah, it was, it was a nice little game. That sounds super sweet. interesting. Sounds like a, a really sort of like a very different, visual novel like it sounds very experimental in a lot of ways is it i don't know oh um, it, it it seems like it would be but maybe maybe i'm wrong maybe i'm not being uh clever enough with my understandings of visual novels anyway that sounds really cool <laughs> I, don't I don't really have any knowledge of visual novels and it's like kind of what my expectation of them for a long time was like 
dating anime looking visual novels which doesn't really appeal to me strongly but like I, I I like to read I like novels so like I would assume that as you know I'd like some sort of interactive fiction you're um, big into reading that's what we say on the on the podcast I am big into you reading. Come up, I go oh boy it's old, it's old. <laughs> my my sister's boyfriend actually uh, used to work at a um at a casino and um he said he like there were like a lot of like kind of uh people he wouldn't have run into in other circumstances and he said it was funny like you know I, he would never would have like talked to these people but they became his friends because they were on the shift and they said uh they were like oh yeah dominic um they were introducing they were talking about him to some new hire and they were like oh dominic yeah he's the guy who reads books uh it was like a the the the, the generalizing statement about him because like they said he he knew big words um and he brought books to work and so that's that's how he was known um so I like that. I, I think it's funny to to be the person who reads books, but I think it's also very good. So um, we love you and uh, your books, Liv. Oh, thank you. Protect yeah, I books. think I've read like uh, read like five books since my boyfriend left because that's all I have left. <laughs> of him, he turned into books. He, well, actually, I think they are. They all have been books that he either. Yeah, he he bought books for me while he was here, and now I feel like. Um, they do feel like a part of him because <laughs> we bought them together. If anyone Sweet. has seen, if anyone has seen Liv's boyfriend, uh, let us know. We are looking for Liv's boyfriend. He's missing. I can't find him. Where is he? Where, Where is, is he gone? Oh, <laughs> well, that is wonderful. I uh, we should we should have on the when we finally record that after dark. Uh, let's talk about the books you're reading. Okay. Um, John, what have you been playing? I am back on my. Uh, ARPG bullshit. Um, ah, nice. Classic. I'm happy for you. Yeah, this time I've um, gone back to the well uh, of 2015's um, uh, The Incredible Adventures of Van Helsing. Uh, ah. now, this game was released uh, in three parts. Um, part, so it's, it's basically three games. Um each one about 10 hours long, 10, 10 to 12, depending on how much you play it. Um, and the idea was like, and the classic way time works. Yeah. It's, uh... I mean, it depends what there's like entire sub games about like tower defense. There's an entire tower defense mini game that you can just play as much as you like. And they actually took that and they made it into um, a third party, t- another title. Like they just took all the programming they did for that, removed it from the ARPG and they sold it as a uh, as a separate title, um, hmm. which I should know the name of because I own it. One second, be trapped maybe. Hmm, it's a weird name. Yeah, um, it, it's by Neocore Games, which uh, I reviewed another game of recently. Uh, they were the people who made um, Warhammer Forty K. Uh, Inquisitor Dash Martyr, which is a, uh, a step down <laughs> in a number of ways, <laughs> pa- partially because they're they're just not a good fit for the for the for the license. Um, mm-hmm. They they're very like they write very pulpy, campy, jokey story stuff. Oh and, yeah, that's not good for and you Warcraft can't have or Warhammer. You can't have it's good like, for Warcraft. It's not good for Warhammer. <laughs> yeah, you can't have Inquisitors like doing sarcasm or irony. Like they're Inquisitors, their whole 
point is they don't have a personality, basically. And if you want to do humor in Warhammer 40K, you have to do it through exaggeration. You have to make it mm-hmm. something so serious and ridiculous that it becomes funny. You can't have them doing first-order jokes to each other. Um, right, right. So they just really didn't fit the material, and also it looked like they wanted it to be an always-online game with a lot of procedural generation. Uh, the Incredible Adventures of Van Helsing is a lot more bespoke. Uh, it's a lot goofier. Um, you know, you're, you're occasionally piling around with vampires. There's, It has that weird... I think I've talked about this before, This the, the weird time shift that Eastern European devs sometimes have, where they're making pop culture references that were in vogue over here like six to eight years ago. So, mm-hmm. like, there's, there's a really detailed <laughs> Harry Potter... Well, th- this is funny because Harry Potter, of course, has rocketed back into our lives thanks to politics. But they were making, like, really detailed, like, Harry Potter... Like, early Harry Potter book references in huh. a 2014-2015 game. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, like, it, like, okay. Like, it was called, like, Henry Painter or something. Um, and that's kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's endearing, uh, even if it's not like funny. It's endearing, uh, and and like the the story itself concerns uh, the son of Abraham Van Helsing, like the important, famous Van Helsing, um, yeah. who isn't hasn't quite lived up to his father's expectations, and the family ghost. Apparently, they have a family ghost who just you know he's she's Naturally. sarcastically, witheringly insults him, and they they're like a buddy cop pair. And he goes off to uh, this this fake steampunk like Transylvania type sound type Eastern European duchy called Borgovia, and you know there's you're, it's basically you are taking the side of like movie monsters like werewolves and vampires against weird science. Huh. Um, so like you know Frankenstein's and clockwork robots and mechanical spiders like out of Wild Wild West that sort of thing. Um, so it, I mean, it's a lot of fun. The tower defense stuff is great uh, if you like tower defense stuff. Um, they actually like changed how the game's class system. Like, they, they gave the game a huge overhaul uh, in part two. Like they looked at part one, and they said we could do a lot of this better, and so they changed it to part two. So if you get Van Helsing the final cut, which is all three games compressed into one, which was recently on sale, it'll go on sale again soon. It retails for forty five dollars, I believe, without any discounts. Um, which means you're paying $15 a game, which isn't that bad. Um, you get to play the first game with the character classes and mechanics of the second and third game, which hmm. if you if you just own all three titles separately, you can't do. Um, you have to import your character into into uh, game two, and you have to change your character classes up. So it's really fun. It's a, it's a great ARPG. It's probably my favorite non-Path like Path of Exile ARPG uh, of the last 10 years or so. I mean, I, I play a lot more Grim, Grim Dawn now just because um, that runs a little bit better and it wasn't yeah. like three games before. Um, but and but this, I, I like the story experience with this a lot more. It's certainly better than Diablo 3's story. Um, so I'll probably be... Pl- Whoa, shots fired. Yeah, uh, I'll probably be stuck on that for another week or two, um, but I'll try to bring something else new next time. Cool, great. Um, well, I just finished up, um, because I'm talking to the dev, well, when we record this tomorrow, one of the devs when we record this tomorrow, um, of, um, I just finished up Hyperlight Drifter, um, which is great. Um, like a lot of games that are sort of like indie uh, uh, platform hack and slash retro games, 
Um, I got a little too into finding everything, and by the end was kind of tired of finding everything and, and was, was ready for it to be over. Um, but I don't think that's a, an indictment of the game. I think that's an indictment of me and the way I play games. Um, because the game itself was actually wonderful. It was a really, really cool game. Uh, its way of storytelling is excellent. There's no like text, really. Um, it just... It just tells you everything by way of like the world and you start exploring naturally. It's super smart and super fun and it it, it plays in terms of like a hack and slash quite well. Um, it They describe it as like a mix between Zelda and Diablo and I think that's actually pretty apt. Oh. Um, but it is, it's it, it's a fighter like Zelda, it's not an ARPG. But um, it's good, no, it's fun. It's a, it's a great game, I would definitely pick it up. Um, it's almost always on sale, It's it's old now. Um, you described but, uh, yeah, it as a cross between something and Diablo, so I'm going to probably have to take a look. It's fun. No, it's really fun. Um, but yeah, and also uh, to, to speak to Liv's boyfriend on this, uh, he said it is his favorite indie game. Yeah. So uh, if you are interested in the ghost that haunts the podcast, Liv's boyfriend, <laughs> um, wherever he is, if you could buy this game, he might show the up. Rap scallion. If he does, just email Liv. <laughs> If you trust his recommendations, knowing nothing about him. Email, email Liv at whereismyboyfriend.liv.com. <laughs> Please, with any hints, any, any uh, like a, tips to find him. San Diego map slash, uh, That's exactly right. You get some you get some tips from a vile henchman. Um, I've seen him yeah. around here before, but I haven't seen him recently. So We're, we're leaving no stone unturned. We will find him. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you both. This was really fun. It's yeah. nice to get the gang back together. And, uh, you know, I think we're going to get more news next week. I feel We've it been my saying bones. that for like five weeks straight. It's like I, this, it's like during a drought. We're going to get rain. This is the one. I can see we're it gonna on get, the horizon. I feel it in my knee. You know what? If not, it's the trade deadline. We can just make a, a baseball show. <laughs> oh, yeah. You think um, something's going to happen there? And then Liv, we can just like, we can ask Liv how she feels about the Pelicans. Um, um, go Birds. Go Pels. Go I think pals. all of us can go, unite under Go, go King Cake Babies. For various reasons. Yeah, that's true. We're a Go Birds podcast. Well, also because AV is, is bird. Yeah. The real AV club were the Pelicans, the Eagles, and... The Orioles. Mm. I don't know. The <laughs> Orioles. I was going to see if you could get John's. That would have been pretty impressive. Well, it's his profile yeah. picture. I would have yeah. gone there eventually. Well... Um, people can find John <laughs> at John Bernhard. Yeah, I'm Bernhard. I'm actually doing. So I do have some stuff to sort of plug. Ooh, um, go for it. I'm for a site called Goonhammer, which um, I'll be upfront about this. It is the offspring of the Something Awful um, community uh, for Warhammer 40k. Don't let that scare you. They are an inclusive bunch. They're not like. Uh, a lot of people came from Something Awful. We're not all bad. Um, but I've been doing write-ups for them about various Warhammer uh, 40k video games. I reviewed nice. Martyr two weeks ago. I reviewed, uh, reviewed uh, Mechanicus this week. I'm doing um, I'm doing Battlefleet Gothic 2 next week, uh, which might be what I talk about here too, but if I do, it'll be substantially different than what I say on the site about Warhammer because I can't insult Warhammer there. Um, <laughs> yeah, my relationship with that IP continues to deepen in very weird ways. Uh, but you know, I'll I'll be there for the foreseeable future. Eventually, we're gonna get back into the classic uh, games workshop, licensed games from this this last decade or so, like Dawn of War. I'm really looking forward to going back and playing Dawn of War again. Um, nice. So yeah, that's where I am right now. Very cool. 
Um, and uh, Liv is at AV Club, A-V-E-Y Club. Uh, you should follow her. Her posts are all very good. Um, Liv, do you have anything you need to plug or you'd like to plug? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> Subscribe to No Cartridge. Yes. The podcast. Uh, we would like you to know, plug remind the podcast. People, remind people where they can let you know if they find <laughs> your boyfriend. Oh, um, you can at me on AV Club um, on Twitter, and that's the only place you can find me. Real, real tips only. <laughs> yeah, uh, only credible sources, please. We've been burned been, in the past. <laughs> I've been getting a lot of trolls about uh, where my boyfriend might be, and it truly... It brings me no joy, and it brings me no joy to turn people away whenever it seems like they're trying to have a good time, but I'm not having a good time. Please, only credible sources. That's right. This is no joke. It is important to find him. He could be scared. (laughs) He could be being thrown three feet off the ground behind (laughs) a gaming chair. Well, thanks, everyone, and uh, we'll see you again next week. See you later, guys. Good night. Good night.